Merry Christmas. How good is it to be together worshiping like this? Yes, we can give a clap for that. I mean, I had a nice time with my family in my little basement last Christmas, but this is nicer. Here with all of you, I'm enjoying this. Thank you so much for coming to worship with us. We are in for a wonderful time. We're going to be singing Christmas carols. We're going to light candles. We will read scripture, and we are going to together retell the birth of Jesus the Messiah. And we've all, we've all been doing our best to just hold on to hope and find our way through this dark season. You know, but the story of Advent, the story of Christmas is a story of light that has come to shine into the darkness. And that light is the hope of the world. And, and not an abstract, cross-your-fingers kind of hope, but a message of real hope for all of us right where we are. So we hope that over the next hour, you will find your hearts filled with hope. We hope that our time together will allow you to experience God's peace. We hope this service will stir joy in your bones, and we hope that today you will come away knowing you are loved. So thank you for being here with us. We invite you to join in and to worship with us. We do ask that you keep your mask on during the service, but even still, when the time comes, please sing loud with us. We're gonna be reading scripture, and while we do, there will be artwork on display. It's from a book called Honest Advent, and the artist's name is Scott Erickson. And so we're gonna begin our service with a reading from the Gospel of Luke. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus, for he will be great and will be called the son of the God most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy, and he will be called the Son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. We light the candle of hope. Friends, do not be afraid. God's hope is at hand.
Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through the prophet. 
Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When, Jesus, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. And Joseph named him Jesus. And now we light the candle of peace. Friends, be not afraid. God's peace is at hand.
A few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea, to the town where Zechariah lived. She entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. At the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Elizabeth gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women, and your child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, the baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believe that the Lord would do what he said. We light the candle of joy. Brothers and sisters in Christ, be not afraid. God's joy is at hand. Joy to the world. We will say 
you can sit down. So at that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus declared and decreed that a census should be taken throughout the whole Roman Empire. So all returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. And he took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, and who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for her baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn son. So she wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth, and she laid him in a manger because there was no lodging available for them. So that night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, and they were guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly... An angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them, and they were terrified. But the angel reassured them. He said, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring joy to all the people. Because the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in the city of David in Bethlehem. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You're going to find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly the angel was joined by like a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased And when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go. Let's go to Bethlehem and let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. And they hurried to the village and they found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened. And what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. And so we're going to light the candle of love. Brothers and sisters, be not afraid. Because even now, even now, God's love is overwhelming the world. We invite you to stand. I invite you to stand with us once more as we sing about God's love.
beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made, and without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all humankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So when I was a teenager, my parents would ship me off to summer camp on a small island just off of Vancouver Island. Uh, it was a completely different world for this prairie girl, and I loved it. So we would run camps for the kids from the area all through the summer months, but the best days were the days in between camp, when the staff could hang out together, when we could stay up late, and sometimes, just once in a while, we would sneak out of our cabins at night. And one of our favorite things to do was head down to the ocean and check out the glowing water. We would either don our swimsuits or we would grab a paddle from the canoe shack on our way down to the dock that raised and lowered with the flow and the ebb of the tide. And some of us would jump into the cold ocean and those of us who didn't want to try to climb into our sleeping bags, cold and wet, would just take a paddle and disturb the water. And all around our crashing and splashing, the water would light up like a glow stick. It was magic. Only it wasn't magic. Actually, this has a scientific explanation. It's called bioluminescence. 
bioluminescence. And what causes bioluminescence is these tiny organisms called phytoplankton. They have this built-in defense mechanism. A chemical reaction happens in their little bodies whenever they feel predators are near them. And they emit this light to scare the predators away. And when this is happening, to a whole bunch of tiny little organisms in the water, it lights up the water like this. You can see where the water is disturbed, where the phytoplankton feel movement or disruption, that the light begins to glow at the shore, or when a hand moves through the water. How cool is that? I thought it was amazing. Now, these phytoplankton, they live near the surface of the water, and they're always there, but you can't see them during the day because they're too small. But in the dark, you can see the spectacular light show that they put on, and the darker the night, the better the show. We have often associated darkness, waiting with the negative, with the gloomy, with the pessimistic. The dark means we can't see where we're going. The dark is where we hear bumps and groans that we can't explain. The dark is when we have bad dreams and when things that seemed like we could face in the daylight seem overwhelming, they seem intolerable sometimes at night. The dark is when everything terrible that we've ever done comes to revisit us. Anyone else have those 3 a.m. sessions? But also, the dark sometimes reveals wonders that we could never have seen in the light. Sometimes a disturbance can reveal light in the middle of the darkness. Like the bioluminescence of the phytoplankton at summer camp, Jesus comes into the world disturbing the dark to reveal the light. It is into darkness that the light of the world arrives. The light of the world, the word Jesus, is formed in the darkness of a womb. The light of the word, world, Jesus, is born to a single teenage mom into scandal. The light of the world's first bed is a trough because there is no room for his family anywhere else. It's a pretty dark place to spend your first night on this earth. The light of the world, Jesus, is born at night with only shepherds to witness it. And shepherds were considered second-class citizens in their time. In fact, they couldn't even be witnesses in a court. But who is the witness to the birth of Jesus? Shepherds. Another scandal, another dark spot. All of those who hear the news of Jesus' impending arrival, Mary, Joseph, the shepherds, they have mixed feelings about the disturbance uh, that is caused by this child. Usually when a baby is born, you throw a party. But these people are either afraid or confused or on the run because of it. Jesus, the light of the world, comes as a major disruption for Mary, for Joseph, 
and for the shepherds. And this isn't the first time that we see God disrupting the darkness, bringing light. The words we read in John actually echo the very first words in scripture. Listen to this. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters and God said, let there be light. And there was light. It's hard not to feel the weight of chaos and darkness in these days. I personally have not gone through a global, global pandemic before. I'm not sure about any of you, but uh, it's been interesting. This pandemic keeps bringing its unwelcome surprises. It keeps causing disruption, doesn't it? We're all thinking we're going to be done, and then another surprise pops up, and we realize we have months left. Who could have predicted at the beginning of this pandemic that we would all share a communal understanding of words like Delta, it's not just a suburb near Vancouver, or Omicron, I didn't even know how to say that two weeks ago, or a PCR test, or even know the difference between isolating and quarantining. We didn't know that some of us would be fighting with the people we love most about vaccinations and protocols. Other losses and hardships have been magnified in this pandemic world. If we lost someone we loved this year, it, we likely did it without the support or rituals that helped us mourn in previous times. If we were ill or needed medical attention, we probably had to wait. Trips were canceled. We missed weddings and graduations. We had to wait to meet the babies in our lives, and then when we did, we couldn't cuddle them. We couldn't visit the people that we love in the hospital or in long-term care. And yet, even still, this is the Christmas Day announcement. In the beginning was the Word. And the word was with God, and the word was God, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not overcome it. God, from the very beginning, has used disruption to bring light in the midst of darkness. Jesus, the light of the world, God incarnate, disrupts the dark with his arrival, and Jesus is still arriving in the disruptions revealing light, even in, especially in, the dark places. The deepest dark is not where grace goes to die, but where the, the place where grace goes to be reborn. Just like that first Christmas day, the light still shines in our dark places. The light still asks to be born in the midst of our confusion and our fear with the people we least expect and in the places we never would have thought of looking. I would have never seen the magic of that bioluminescence if it hadn't been for the dark. The darkness was the prerequisite for me to see the wonder of that light. And perhaps the disturbances of this time, in this period of history, 
are a little like that canoe paddle, revealing wonders that we could never have seen otherwise. The dark and disruption of that first Christmas revealed a wonder that we could never have seen otherwise, a wonder we never would have expected. God, the creator of the world, the one who shapes light out of chaos, became flesh and was born into the darkness and through his birth reveals that there is no longer any darkness which the light of the world cannot overcome. And that's even better than the wonder of bioluminescence. Today, we sneak out into the cold night. We head down to the ocean. We don our swimsuits. We grab a paddle out of the canoe shed. We leap headlong into the water. We disturb the dark. We light the Christ candle. This season of Advent, we have waited. We have hoped. We have longed for peace and joy. We have searched for love. And today we announce that they have come. They have come in Jesus, the light of the world. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not, cannot, and will not overcome it. Brothers and sisters, be not afraid. Even now, even now, the light of the world, Christ, is overwhelming the darkness. I'm going to invite the pastors now to come and light their candles from the Christ candle. And you can get your candles ready. They're going to come to each row and light the first candle in the row. This is the technique for lighting candles. If you have an unlit candle, you dip your candle to the lit candle to light, okay? Don't do it the other way around. That way we keep wax off the ground. Be careful with your flame. Remember that the light of the world comes small. We don't need to set things ablaze, okay? And as we light our candles, let's also announce with our singing that the light has come.
May the light of the world shine in your darkness, revealing hope 
peace, joy, and love. And may your life become a reflection of that light in the world, revealing the hope, the peace, the joy, and the love to all who need it this season. Amen. Amen. We are so thankful that you came to worship with us today. Uh, this is beautiful from up here. I've never, I know. This is actually, I, I've never teary. seen this view. Yeah. You look lovely. <laughs> we're going to take a moment and we're going to blow out our candles, but just gently, just a little puff. We don't need your droplets all over the place, so go ahead. Pull your mask down. Just a little, just a little gentle little puff. That'd be good. And you can have a seat. <laughs> if you are here for the first time or here for the first time in a very long time, we're just glad you are here. And we want you to know that you are welcome to stay connected with us. And we would love to have you join in and be a part of our community in the coming year. There are some really wonderful things happening in our faith community. And we would love to let you know how you can join in. Uh, we, we do not have worship service happening this coming Sunday, the 26th. It's a great time to connect with family and friends. But we will be back the following Sunday, January 2nd. And we will have one service at 11 o'clock a.m. Aiden Mari is going to be preaching us into the new year and then on January 9th we start a new series. So we're going to continue with our January series. Uh, um, what do we call it? Re we call it Renewal Artists. Renewal Artists and this year it's entitled Reclaim Following Jesus in an Increasingly Polarized World. So we invite you to come back and just learn a little bit about what it's like to uh, navigate these challenging times by following Jesus. Um, and then on January 9th, we're also going to be hosting a games afternoon for families. So if you're interested, it's not just for families, for everybody. If you're interested in joining us for that, you can visit lakeviewchurch.com and find out more information. And as we close out 2021, we also invite you to consider making a year-end contribution to Lakeview Church. Over the past month, we have been highlighting the global and local projects that we are supporting as a church. Those uh, projects, as you've been a part of our church, have you've heard, include supporting Hands at Work in Africa as they support care workers in Zambia, sons and daughters as they are responding to the foster care crisis and the child welfare crisis in Saskatoon by supporting foster parents and kinship families. Mennonite Central Committee supporting their Indigenous Neighbors program as they continue to work towards truth and reconciliation. And finally, we acknowledge that year-end giving is important for the ongoing work of our church, Lakeview Church, as we seek to join God in the renewal of all things. So if you would like to make a donation, you can leave cash or check in the offering plates. We have several of those sort of in the center section of, of the room. You can leave an, uh, an offering in those plates if you'd like. There are also give boxes by the exits or if you'd like to give with credit or debit, you can do so at the info desk. Or you can also visit lakeviewchurch.com slash give. And there are other instructions if you'd like to give online. Thanks again for joining us today. Um, you're welcome to stick around and visit for a little bit in the lobby. You can take a family photo at the photo booth. Um, there's a fun little search and find activity for the kids. And make sure you grab a Lakeview ornament on your way out. Uh, love God. Love others. Tell God's story and Merry Christmas. Also, you can deposit your candles in the uh, receptacles on your way out of the auditorium. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.